This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Yes, it's not Friday, but it is Real Reviews Day because we're finishing up today. So we had to have Real Reviews. We did, we did. Ross and Niall are in studio. How are you doing, guys? Very well, thank you very much. We have an Easter theme this week, but we're going to get to that now in a minute because, first of all, we're going to chat a little bit about movie news. So what's been happening? Yeah, well, I mean, the big news this week is, and you've been mentioning it all morning, is yes. that next Wednesday, the 24th of April, uh, the waiting is over. We've been waiting a year to find out what happened after the snap that was heard all around the universe. And the, it's the culmination of a story spanning 22 movies. It's Avengers Endgame. It opens, we're all going down, I think, yes. to the uh, to the screening at 11.50 next Wednesday. And uh, do you know, if you wanted to catch up on all, if you've never seen any of the other movies, it would take you one day, 23 hours and 48 minutes to watch. <laughs> watch all of the movies back to back with no toilet breaks so there we go uh, if you just want to catch up on Infinity War before you see Endgame the arc are also showing that at 8.30 that's only about 6 hours altogether. so you you know you'd be that's fine some good quality this. viewing there yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so we're going to go down so if you see us say hello have a chat you can test me on my Marvel knowledge I'd be more than happy to take some some tricky questions from you if you want uh, and yeah I'm really excited about this yeah it's yeah, going to be good we'll both be there uh, we'll all be there and uh, d- all the, the winners by the way of our competition do say hello to us as well if you're down there on the night yeah it'd be great to see everyone down there of course another uh, piece of big news is the huge news for any Star Wars fans out there the trailer for uh, episode 9 dropped last week at a Star Wars celebration in Chicago Uh, so we now have a title for episode 9 it's called The Rise of Skywalker and um, what's exciting about this trailer we see the return of Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian um, at the helm of the Millennium Falcon and uh, we once again we get a glimpse of Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia of course Carrie Fisher passed away in 2016 but she's coming to us via unused footage that they shot for The Force Awakens uh, there's a lot to break down in the trailer but most exciting to me is the ending now uh, we'll play a clip now and mm-hmm. it features a quote that you'll hear from Luke Skywalker followed by a familiar laugh okay we'll always be with you Do you recognise that laugh? (laughs) Oh my god, who is it? That's the laugh of Emperor Palpatine, or Darth Sidious as he is known, um, who fans of the original movies and indeed uh, the prequels will know as the shadowy Sith figure who's responsible for turning 
Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader into the dark side. So um, after the launch of the trailer, actor Ian McDermott, who played Palpatine, uh, Palpatine in, in episodes one to six, he came out on stage in Chicago to confirm that he would indeed be a part of episode nine. No spoilers, Ross, no spoilers. <laughs> I think it was, it was in the news there during the week. So I think I've not been looking at the news. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to go into episode nine completely blind, I think you'll find that next to impossible. Uh, we'll, of course, have to wait until December 19th for the rise of Skywalker to hit Irish cinemas, but very exciting. Yes, very, very exciting. Now, you have been to the cinemas this week a uh, little... So we've had big. Yes, that's right. And we right. had big in the, the scene of the week last week. Mm-hmm. Now we've got little. What's yes. going on there? Another week, another remake. Or is it a reimagining? Or is it something completely different? Um, so at the cinema this week is little and it stars Regina Hall and Marseille Martin. And really, I'm not sure how much of a connection they're going for with 1988's Tom Hanks vehicle, Big, besides the obvious play on the title. Uh, so in Big, I'm sure people would be familiar, a 12-year-old boy wakes up as a 30-year-old man, more specifically 30-year-old Tom Hanks, but he must navigate the world as an adult. Whereas in this movie, Little, not only is the gender flipped, but the plot is actually flipped and it finds Regina Hall having to get the grips with going to bed as a 38-year-old woman and waking up as a 13-year-old girl, played by Marseille Martin. Now, I must give Marseille Martin credit here. Um, you may or may not know her from American sitcom Blackish. Um, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it seems to be gaining popularity and it's great to see her in a, a role like this. But she actually came up with the idea of the movie back in 2014 when she was just 10 years old and obviously it came to her after watching Big. Um, so, and now, uh, you know, now she's 14 and she acts as the executive producer on this movie, which actually makes her the youngest person to fill that role on a major Hollywood production. So makes you are. sort of think about what you've done with your own life, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, when I was 14, I don't think I, uh, I, don't I, think was, I was a major Hollywood producer. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't executive producer. No. <laughs> Onwards and upwards for her. Um, look, anyone who's seen age swap movies like Big or 13 Going on 30 or 17 Again will know what to expect here. Basically, it follows a controlling erratic boss who's played, um, played by Regina Hall and she must learn compassion and kindness when she finds herself transformed into a teenage girl. Um, there are a lot of things about this movie that leave it feeling pretty hollow. It's disjointed. There is less character development than you would want. And crucially, I think age swap films like this, they usually give you a different perspective on how adults or children live and, uh, you know, treat each other, um, which this movie kind of skims over, which I think is a shame. Uh, on the positive side, on the positive side of things, Regina Hall, who plays the adult version of the character, uh, she plays a pretty well-worn character that we've seen in many films before, the crazy boss. Um, but she does it with such relish that it's hard not to like her. And actually, we have a short scene yep. in her, uh, here where she is being completely over the top uh, in calling her assistant. Jordan Sanders calling. Hello. Are you awake? Yeah, no, I'm awake. I was just meditating. Wake up! Be awake when I call. But it, I don't know when you're going to call, so when would I sleep? When I'm not calling. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think anyone has bosses like that in real life. But uh, you know, it's uh, there is some funny scenes with Regina Hall. It is probably unfair to compare um, this movie too big, but I suppose when you draw so obviously from Big's acclaim, you kind of invite that sort of criticism. Um, so where Big went right was putting an actor like Tom Hanks in the leading role, and um, the movie could easily coast by in his wide-eyed performance. However, that is a lot of pressure to stack on an actor so young, which is what Little does with Marseille Martin. 
Um, perhaps you could have got away with it with a song, stronger script, but I'm afraid flaws here are too big to ignore. Oh, <laughs> um, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. One star. For uh, one star. Uh, well, um, <laughs> what is your star rating? By my the star way? rating, I gave it two stars out of five. Has some um, funny moments. A uh, decent hip hop soundtrack. I actually um, think it would be a good movie for, say, a mother to bring a young teenage, say, tween daughter to over the Easter break. It's 12 A's, but two stars out of five for me. Okay, we're moving now to Hellboy. Yeah, so this is the uh, Hellboy based on the Mike Mignola comic book. Uh, there was a 2004 movie directed by Guillermo del Toro and a sequel to that that starred Ron Perlman. This is what's called a soft reboot. It stars David Harbour as Hellboy. If you don't know, he's a demon that was summoned by the Nazis at the end of World War II and then adopted by the good guys and now fights on the force of good. In this movie, uh, his adopted uh, father, Professor Trevor Broom, played by Ian McShane, uh, sends him off to fight against uh, Mila Jovovich, or Nimue, who is known as the Queen of Blood. You can guess that she's a baddie. <laughs> or else she's going, to, she's going to cause a pestilential apocalypse. So we have a little clip here of Ian McShane. Okay, here we go. Do you recall the Osiris Club? Oh yeah, strip joint in Jersey. Now the other one, the British Occult Society, formed in 1866 by the ranking members of the Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. Ra? I met Ra once in the underworld. He was a close talker. Like us, they fight against the forces of darkness and our organizations have a long-standing relationship. They're old friends of mine and they've requested your assistance with a giant problem. Oh, yeah? What's that? Giants. (laughs) <laughs> and isn't this the actor from Stranger Things that's right yeah yes, David yes. Harbour and he does a pretty good job he's kind of hampered by his uh, makeup a, a lot of his lines are very indistinct because of it I don't know if it's the teeth he's wearing uh, but he does a good job he's not a, as good as Ron Perlman I don't think and the mm. film is very much in the shadow of those Guillermo del Toro ones it's a 16 cert it's very gory and grotesque and at times I would say a little bit gratuitous I think they wanted to go for a kind of Deadpool or rated you know, a, a bloody kind of a show. It's ambitious. It's getting a real kicking from the other reviewers. I kind of liked it, I have to say. Uh, if you like gore, if you like grotesque, there's some great creature designs in it. Uh, you might enjoy this. I think it'll. it's one of those movies that'll find a cult following uh, in, in years to come. You know what I mean? People will look back and go, this movie is not as bad as everyone said. Okay, what rating was uh, I will give it a generous three out of five. Okay, three yeah. out of five. Now we're going to talk Easter eggs because it is our Easter Easter theme. Can you explain, That's first of all, right. what an Easter egg is? Yes, well, I'm sure everyone beat a lot of chocolate Easter eggs over the weekend, but this is Easter eggs in movies and in films. So for people who don't know, Easter eggs are basically messages, jokes or references that creators intentionally hide in their work. Now, they, as I said, they can be found in TV shows, video games, music and, well, I suppose just about anything. Uh, but this being a, a movie segment, we are going to focus on Easter eggs in films. Now, the origins of uh, Easter eggs in movies are hard to pin down. I suppose people have been hiding things in movies for so long. Some claim the phrase was coined by a man named Stephen Wright while he was working for the gaming giant Atari. However, I came across a story which I just thought was so brilliant I had to share. Uh, It's reported that Easter eggs became popular with 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. So the story goes that during filming, the crew staged an actual Easter egg hunt on the set. However, some of the Easter eggs proved so well hidden 
that they actually ended up in the finished movie. I love that. That yeah. is a great story. So, so for any eagle-eyed viewers, you one prominent one you can spot is actually underneath Frankenfurter's throne. So keep an eye out for that. Oh, and definitely, it's a great excuse to get that film back out there as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, another kind of an Easter egg that's very common are cameos. So the king of uh, director cameos, of course, is Alfred Hitchcock. Out of the 52 films that he directed, he has a little cameo in 39 of them. I'm Night Shyamalan as well. He has only 11 movies and he appears in nine of them but the actual king of cameos of course is Stan the Man Lee who appears in every single movie based on a Marvel uh, Marvel property so unfortunately of course he passed away at the age of uh, 95 last November but he still lives on you will see him in Endgame and possibly the new Spider-Man he did film a few before he passed away but yeah so Stan the Man Excelsior Excelsior absolutely you gotta love the director of cameos but I gotta say my favourite Easter egg of all time has got to be the Wilhelm scream. So can you tell me, um, do you recognise this sound? Okay, hang on. I'm oh, sorry, no, I'm, I wasn't. <laughs> sorry, I was, I, that was my fault. Do you want me to do it? Ah! Your dramatic music. Sorry, hang on one second. <laughs> <laughs> do you recognise that? Well, you should, because that clip has been in around 400 movies, including some of your favourite films of all time and in countless TV shows. So the Wilhelm scream, basically, it's a stock sound effect that is used for when someone is shot, thrown from a height or blown up. And um, it has appeared in Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, Titanic, Kill Bill, Toy Story, Lethal Weapon, Team America, Batman, The Avengers and countless others. Um, so a little bit of history about it. The sound originated in the 1951 Gary Cooper film Distant Drums. And it became well known as a sound sample in 1953's uh, Change at uh, Fedder River when it was used um, when a, a private Wilhelm gets shot in the leg with an arrow. Uh, so since then, the Wilhelm scream has become kind of iconic and a bit of a running joke for sound engineers and sound editors working on movies. We can still see it turn up in blockbusters to this day. And if you think the Wilhelm scream hasn't been re- remixed in a terrible dance song on the internet... Well, Russ you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? <laughs> Here it is. That's terrible. That's enough of that. That is absolutely <laughs> dreadful. And only you would find that, well, guys. You make fun of my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> guys, as always, thank you so much for joining us on Real Reviews and have a great Easter. You too. Happy you too. Easter. Thanks very much. 11 to 1 on LMFM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.